All right. Well, welcome everyone to another exciting episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. My name is Matt Hines. I am your host. If you are watching us live on YouTube, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, uh, we're all over the place today. So thank you very much for joining us. If we're ch checking us out in the middle of your workday, appreciate that very much. If you're watching on demand, thanks for checking us out. If you're listening to the audio portion of this uh, through our podcast feed. Uh, thanks so much for downloading and subscribing. You can find every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio, past, present, and future at salespipelineradio.com. We are featuring some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing every week. And we couldn't do it without some great partners, without great guests, obviously, but also with great part without great partners. Very excited to have Sendoso as a as a sponsor of Sales Pipeline Radio this fall. Uh, they're doing some great work, folks. They, uh, If you're not using Sendoso, if you're not really, I mean, think about the idea of and I know Scott will talk about this in a little bit, the fact that we've become so digitally focused that you know our digital channels are clogged and saturated. Really, it's the human connections that make the difference. And the brands that, that, that really embrace that physical, virtual, and hybrid strategy are the ones that are building meaningful connections and growing their revenue. Would definitely encourage anyone who wants to explore that idea further. Sendoso just completed their connected event. It's available on demand now. Uh, you'll have an opportunity to hear from people that are that are employing that hybrid strategy to make human connections as well. Um, some really great content. Sendoso does a fantastic job with it. So check it out. Sendoso.com. Sendoso.com slash connected dash 2021. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. All right. Very excited today to have our guest, Scott Horn. Scott is a multi -time, multiple time CMO, CRO, has worn many hats. We're going to, we, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to blast some holes today in the idea that paid search works for B2B. But we're going to start this conversation, and I apologize in advance to the vegetarians listening. We're going to start with a little brisket camp. <laughs> so, because I know, like, we do have, like, there's this whole, like, first of all, at Heinz Marketing, we have a very strong sort of foodie subculture. We talk about, like, food and drink, supply and demand on a regular basis. We have a healthy number um, uh, of barbecue enthusiasts, supply and demand in, in our B2B circle as well. And I don't think many people know, even knew, know that, that brisket camp exists. So fill us in on yeah. how awesome this is and uh, why other people should check it out after Absolutely. they get to go after me on the wait list. But otherwise, other than that, there you go. So, uh, to Matt's point, I'm a, a brisket aficionado. I never lived in Texas, but I think it's the best barbecue there is. All due respect to the North Carolina and Kansas City contingents. So Brisket Camp is put on by the Texas Foodways Association. And it is a two-day camp dedicated to the science and art of smoking brisket, Texas style. And it's taught by three people, three professors at Texas A&M. So you fly out to College Station. And they're, they're like, two of the three are like the leading meat scientists in the world. So they actually like haul a carcass in. They show you how to saw it. You learn about what woods to use, how to, what grade of meat to use. You eat a lot of brisket. So um, I, I will admit, as much as I love brisket, by the time you know the last meal rolled around, I was like, I don't think I can eat brisket after eating brisket for you know two days straight. Um, we also had a six-time world champion chuck wagon cook cook for us, which was kind of amazing in a vintage 1800 chuck wagon so if you're interested um texas foodways is involved with preserving the history and traditions of texas they even do a texas wine thing 
They also have uh, barbecue camp and it's easy, pretty inexpensive. You don't have to be from Texas. I'm not in Massachusetts and you can sign up easily, Texas Foodways, and then you enter in a lottery. The funny thing about it is um, when they went through the class, there were all people, literally one person there, his grandchild was being born and he decided to go to Camp Brisket instead. We all started laughing. He's like, my daughter-in-law is in labor with the grandchild. I'm here because I've waited five years because it can take five years uh, to get there. When I told people I got in just through sheer chance my first year, I thought I was going to get murdered by all the Texans there. But it is a blast. You get to meet some of the leading pitmasters. Highly encourage it. Um, It's usually in January, but due to COVID, we got to do it in July. And yes, College Station, Texas in July is a tad warm. So, um, but totally worth it. Highly recommended. Yeah, for those that don't know, College Station, the home of Texas A&M University, not very far away from Houston. Um, So basically think Houston weather in the middle of the summer, and that's probably what you had to deal with there. Um, You had me at Meet Scientist. That sounds pretty interesting. And I I will say as a very amateur uh, sort of, you know, pit master myself, um, there are far, far easier cuts of meat and dishes to make than brisket. Brisket is very difficult to do well. Um, all the conditions uh, that you had, all the variables to think about anyway. Um, yeah. Well, so we, we keep trying to get time to talk about uh, brisket camp. So I figure why not just on live radio, let's just do it right now and just have our private conversation. So hopefully other people can get in line after me on the wait list for, for brisket camp. One of the things I think that in all seriousness did sort of, I said, Hey, let's get you on and talk about this is, I mean, there's a lot of different angles we can go. We've only got probably 15 minutes left or so, but you know, to talk about, um search and b2b yep and um you know i think i've been in the camp for a while that the the more enterprise your sale is in b2b the harder it is to make search work i'm not talking about seo like seo is a different strategy but i'm talking about sort of paid search and getting paid search to pencil out well in a scalable way for b2b talk about your perspective on this and what you have learned yeah you bet so i'm a teaser for the end I have found one person who is a good friend of mine who actually believes that they've made paid search work, but I will describe the conditions required. And he had a technology vendor recommendation as well. So, so as Matt said, I've tried paid search uh, for enterprise mid-market B2B at multiple companies. And if you're a marketing leader out there, just kind of virtually raise your hand if you've had this situation you go into your CEO and your sales leaders and you're all excited and your agency's with you and you've done paid search and you actually go look at the leads you've got and you get to see, and I actually had this happen once, you know, yo mama at yo mama.com or, you know, Fred Flintstone at flintstones.com. And you're like, oh. so I, I like in paid search, at least in my experiences, um, it's like you're buying a scratch lottery ticket and by the time you get to scratch a lottery ticket, I have another analogy. By the time you get to scratch a lottery ticket, you know, it could be zero. It could be five bucks. It could be, in the rare case, maybe a hundred bucks, but you've already paid the money. They've gotten it. So what I found is, you know, paid search, whether it's Google or Bing or anything else, it's really a tough, tough place to go. And, you know, a few concrete things. Number one, and some of this is going to sound obvious, but I ran into it all the time, is make sure your organic conversion works first. I mean, paid search is a later strategy, in my opinion. You add it 
after your organic conversions working, you've optimized your landing pages, you've made sure content's there. But even there, I think paid search, if you're, I'd say below a million bucks a year in paid search, it's really tough to make it work. Um, and part of that is the options in most cases that Google or any of the other search engines give you for targeting are really limited in B2B context. Uh, you know, you can do time of day, day of week, device, you can do gender and age level, but that's about it. I mean, yeah. I can't target Matt Hines at Hines Marketing. Just, I can't, you know? So I'll, I'll pause there and we can talk a little bit about it, but um, I'm a fan of organic like Matt. I think organic's great. Um, we can also talk about paying for competitive keywords, which I personally think is nuts, um, <laughs> unless one case. It's just, it's just sent, it's a money transfer to Google. Thank you, Google. Um, yeah. And, and does the, does the answer to this question change if you are focused primarily on just generating marketing leads versus focused on generating pipeline impact? Cause what I've heard from a lot of people is, Oh no, I can still reach my audience on paid search. But then I think the nature of a, the, the higher abandon rates that come from paid search the fickle nature of some people that'll search and then go back and that aren't very mm -hmm. focused, I think lends itself to a lower quality prospect, let alone your inability to do the targeting you're talking about. Um, I, I think it just, it, it, it proposes a challenge. Now, is, is there a different, like a couple questions. First, is there a difference when we're thinking about this as a marketer versus a revenue leader? Start there. Um, I don't think there should be, but I think there sometimes is. I mean, yeah. we all know this. I mean, marketers, the sales, the sales leader wants things that are going to become opportunities. So they care about quality. And, you know, as marketers, you've all been, or for the sales leaders on here, you've all been in that situation where you're getting your leads and nothing converts. You can't even get them on the phone. That's not good. Now, one argument that I've heard made is, well, if you want to get your sales team or your SDR team a lot of at-bats, it works. But if you're getting people who aren't in your target market, well, I mean, what's the value of that? You're not right. really getting a ton of value. So, I mean, the one place I think search potentially can work, and I have not experienced this personally, is I did speak to somebody a couple weeks ago. One of the things that Google lets you do, if you have a target account list defined and you're doing account-based marketing and your universe is, and you're spending enough, you can load that into Google and then only advertise against people on the list. Mm -hmm. Now, I haven't dug into it enough yet to know, Can I like? and I doubt it, can I say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I want to reach the CFO in my target accounts. And am I getting this or am I just getting somebody in the target account? But um, the person who said it to me said they were spending, it's a large, well-known um, technology provider. They're spending a million bucks a year plus on search. They're also using LiveRamp. That was one mm -hmm. of the recommendations using the LiveRamp data platform. But, you know, the reality is unless you're, and th this is a public company, unless you're a public large company, that's not the situation most of us face. You know, if you're a series A, B, C, D, you know, private equity, and you're spending, you know, even 10,000 bucks a month, you're just, you're just kind of buying scratch lottery tickets is the way I look at it. Right. You don't know who you're getting and what. So I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, and, you know, the problem is a lot of CEOs, I've run into this, since they see a lot of other people doing paid search, they're like, hey, marketing person, when are you going to do? And it's like, you're sitting there trying to explain, I can't tell you what we're going to get on it. Yeah. You know? 
So if if I'm thinking about this in terms of most efficient marketing channel of getting some response or getting some engagement mm-hmm. or demand, you know, if you're focused on a certain ICP, paid search can be a challenge. But what if what if you it's a highly inefficient channel from a con- percent of target account rate level, but that small percent of people that do come through are really really valuable, right? And does it justify well, yeah, the inefficiency right. of the channel overall if you're looking at it at both at, at what it what matters in terms of conversion as well as in the body of work for that paid search versus other channels that you're running as well? Well, let's let's talk about that because I think there's a couple ways to look at. It. Number one, obviously, ACV matters. You know, if I'm if you're spending, I'll call it five to ten bucks you know, for a paid search lead against an ACV of six figures. Okay. You know, you can spend, you can spend more money than you could if it's a you know, $5,000 sale. Mm-hmm. The other thing is obviously time and sales cycle matters because one of the challenges is, and I've had this conversation with multiple search agencies is if you've got a long sales cycle, a lot of times you find yourself in the scenario and sales will do this too. We, we think this is going to convert. I think it's going to convert. If you've got a 12-month sales cycle, well, you've spent 12 months of search dollars before you figure out, holy crap, nothing's converting. Probably actually more than 12 months. because It's probably more like 18 months because you've had six months of not converting, not converting. So I think that matters um, as well. I mean, you know, the, again, I go back to, I always start with organic and conversion because the thing I'm trying to prove is, okay, my offer, whatever I'm offering, whether it's a trial, a demo, some piece of helpful education materials, there's I'm reaching that kind of people. Mm-hmm. They'll come and I'm putting aside the whole thing should be gated or ungated conversation. That's a different conversation. Yeah. Well, let's assume you're gating where you're trying to get a full bill. I'm trying to prove that at least I've optimized the landing page. I don't have 27 fields, not confusing. The offer is interesting. Then once you get that, at least you've eliminated part of it because you know, at least Matt, the conversation I've found myself with a lot of agencies is they'll encourage you to keep spending to get your, you know, your cost per click down. And, you know, they look at, am I getting conversions, like opportunities from real people I care about? Oh, that's a later stage problem. And I'm like, well, wait a second. It doesn't matter if it costs me 10 bucks or two bucks for, for a click, if it's still yeah. some 13 year old high school student. Yeah. 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 I think, I mean, that's, that's part of the thinking I'm trying to sort of debunk or, or sort of the challenge here, right? Is that like, hey, we're focused on this is focused on digital marketing. You got to think about conversion separately. Right. And I'm like, no, they're all part of the same thing. And I think part of this is also saying, okay, like let's take this out of just paid search and say, we've got multiple channels. If you're doing enterprise sales, you're going to have to yep. create valuable touch points with people in the buying committee multiple times across multiple channels to build trust, credibility, and engagement. And so to look at one of those channels at one point in time and say, is this too much or too little to spend is a really hard question to correctly answer versus saying, how much am I willing to spend to generate a qualified reciprocal opportunity with this company? Like that's a much bigger number than you're willing to spend on a click somewhere, right? And if I, so I could go back and say, if I only get, if only, 2% of the clicks I get from paid search are useful. If those 2% help me get the deal, if they help me get a lead that got something, the economics is more interesting to look at the further down the funnel you get versus at those tactical channels. Yeah, 
That's right. I mean, that begs on another whole comment, which we can talk about in a second, of attribution, because that's another right. one I've been exploring since I have some downtime. You know, my take on it is I'm not against digital channels. I actually found, for example, and I'm not trying to endorse any of these. I'm just saying I've had good success with LinkedIn, um, the variety of forms there. I've had pretty good success with display advertising if we're targeting the pubs. Um, you know, my... So a few rules apply. Number one, and you're kind of making the point, you got to know your audience. I mean, it sounds dumb, but what's the who's the buyer? What's the buyer's journey? Where do they go search? What problems are they trying to look for? You got to figure all that out. You know, then secondly, you got to look at, okay, what am I willing to spend to your point on mm-hmm. this? And then I think you've got to look at all your channels in terms of, you know, what, what converts? So what are conversion rates? In fact, I just saw a post earlier today from Chris Walker on this. Revenue collective, which I thought was really good on, okay, look at your channels by conversion, look at mm-hmm. your cost. And in fact, ideally you put cost and conversion together and say, what's the cost of a converted lead in that channel? And you're right, you know, maybe you got to reach somebody, but you've got a lot of options. You got socially you display to your point earlier, you've got direct mail, you know, whether it's Sendos or something else. The issue I have with paid search is just that unless you're spending at scale, the targeting options are so limited, you just have no idea. You know, right. and in fact, that's that's the inherent problem in paid searches. Think about it. I'm putting an ad out there. They click on it. Okay. My money goes to Google or the agency to Google. Now, maybe they fill out the form. Maybe they don't. If they don't fill out the form, okay, I have no idea. And then if they fill out the form, maybe it's a good lead, but sometimes it's not. Right. You know, especially, by the way, for anybody out there who has a website where you're taking non-work emails, stop, stop. Unless you're selling to consumers, stop. It's B2B. But, um, and that's my, my issue is that you have to pay a lot of money for what is a known set of limited targeting options to figure out, hey, is this thing working? That's why I think there are other channels that give you more, like LinkedIn, for example, gives you much better targeting options in terms of reaching your ICP. Uh, we just wrote, went right into the deep end right away at the beginning of this episode of Sales Pipeline Radio with our guest Scott Horn. Started a little bit with brisket camp, but then uh, dove into uh, paid search channels. I, you know, we've just got a couple minutes left here. Yeah. Um, you brought you referenced earlier like the board and the CEO seeing other companies doing things yep. or saying why don't we show up on search? You know, we we know Google did some research earlier this year and showed that only three to four percent of board members have direct marketing experience in their past. So, you know, looking at these things and saying, oh, yeah, we should be here. Why aren't we doing this? Why do I see our competitors doing Mm -hmm. this? Maybe your competitors are are spending money in a foolish way. Let's not chase them just because they're there. How, how do you have, how do you up-level that conversation? Yeah. I and mean, if you're a CMO and you're at the seat of the leadership table, that's one thing. We got a lot of people watching this that don't even necessarily have that seat yet. So yep. how do you start to educate the organization and your leadership and your board yes. on Great a different question. way of thinking about this? Yeah. So I think, I think you've got to start with the, I'll call it the ideal customer profile or ideal account profile and the buyer's journey conversation. You know, and that starts with linking arms with sales. This is one where sales and marketing, you got, you're in the boat together. And, it, you know, as a market, it doesn't matter if you're CMO or not, you can sit down with your sales leaders and say, okay, look, I want to help understand, help us understand together what makes a good account or not. You know, what size account? I mean, there's a whole bunch of questions you can ask. I'll just give a few interesting time. You know, 
Is it based on headcount? Is it based on revenue? Is it based on vertical industry? Is it based on geography? You know, what problem are we trying to solve? Is there one economic buyer? Is there a buying group? Okay, so that's the first thing. Then it doesn't take a lot. You can do six to eight quick interviews with actual customers or prospects, you know, and just ask a good series of questions like, okay, you know, if they're a customer, what's your top five problems? Where was the problem that we're solving for you on that list? How did you decide it was a problem? Was there a trigger event? So on and so forth. I think CEOs want to hear that stuff. I think boards want to hear that stuff because you're coming in with actual customer data. You're having a conversation and, you know, you can, and the other thing is, I think just simply explaining to people how search works. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think a lot of people don't get the fact that, hey, you know, they click. There's nothing prevents anyone from clicking. We're kind of trusting Google or Bing or whoever to actually put the thing in front of the right person. And let's talk about that. And then, okay, what happens if somebody who's not the right person clicks it? We're still paying. You know, I mean, display advertising is somewhat the same. But at least with display advertising, I think people have gotten used to the idea of till the whole third party cookie thing that you can actually get better targeting. But you're absolutely right, Matt. A lot of these board members, CEOs, first of all, they're not marketers. They're seeing other people. They sit on other boards where perhaps marketers come and say, yeah, we're doing paid search and don't hang around for, okay, let's see the results from paid search. So, Right. Oh, man, we could talk about this forever. No, we're about out of time here today. Um, you know, I feel like we should, we should, we'll have to do a part two on this because I imagine there's a lot of people that disagree with us. We'll have to get another, someone in here that sort of feels is on the pro B2B paid search side. And, you know, I figure, you know, we're onto something if you've got people that start to disagree with you or bring in something else passionately. So uh, can I say one thing on that? Please. I I actually went out looking for people to disagree with me. If you disagree, please show up with concrete suggestions on how to make it work. Because I have yet, other than the one conversation I have with one person, when we did a post on this a few weeks back, I had a bunch of people pop on there and go, oh, my God, search is great. But nobody said a single thing about how they were doing it and how well it was working. Right. So right. please show up with that. Good point. Awesome. Well, Scott, thanks very much for joining thanks, us. Matt. Appreciate the conversation as always. Thanks, everyone, for watching another episode and listening to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Thanks as well to our sponsor, Sendoso. Check out sendoso.com slash connected-2021. They got some great content on demand uh, from their recent event. We'll see you next week on Sales Pipeline Radio.